and welcome to Let's Grow, the podcast that aims to provide you with both clarity and reassurance when navigating your way through your careers and your life. Hosted and created by myself, Hannah Breyer. So thank you for coming back and tuning in for episode number two. I'm really excited to introduce you to my second guest, Janine Esbrand. Janine is a lawyer turned career and executive coach. And Janine in this episode will be sharing with us her journey, her experiences. How did she actually make this decision? What led her to make this huge career change? And how she actually put all of her thinking and thoughts into action and how she took that leap it's a really interesting conversation, very motivating, inspiring. So no matter how big or small your ideas are, it doesn't have to be as dramatic as changing completely your career. It could be you just want to tweak something in your current role. Whatever it is, after listening to Janine, you will be inspired and you'll also have a few tools in order to help you on your way. So without further ado, let's jump into the show. If you'd like to give a bit of an intro on yourself, um, that would be fantastic. Yeah, sure. So my name is Janine Esbrand and I am a career coach and an executive coach. And I work with high achieving women to help them to identify what their current career goals are and then transition into something new by leveraging their existing experience. Um, I'm also a speaker. I am a mum of two <laughs> and a former lawyer. So I used to be a corporate commercial lawyer too. Wow I mean I <laughs> that's so much there I think that's it's fantastic <laughs> it makes me feel like I, I do nothing to be honest <laughs> but um, no that sounds amazing and I think thank you so much for, for coming on to the podcast you're the second guest onto this podcast show um, so I um, well in fact a bit of background for the listeners as well actually so how we actually met one another um, was on an app called Clubhouse. And I don't know, when I try and describe this app to my friends, it almost sounds like a am on some kind of dating app or something, which is totally fine for those that use dating apps. But um, how would you describe Clubhouse? Describe it as um, a platform that allows you to connect with people that you otherwise wouldn't connect with and have conversations. So it's an audio-based app. It's almost like any conversation that you would like to join and listen in on, you're able to do um, almost like being a fly on the wall and then you can participate in those conversations. So I think it's a really unique app in that it's audio based, uh, but it's great because for networking purposes, you can just join in conversations or you can listen in and learn lots about a particular topic, a particular industry. Um, so I think it's game changing and it, it launched last year it's very much in early stages and I think as people get on there it's like oh there's this whole other world of people that I can connect with so that's <laughs> how I would describe it um and I think initially it was only open to um people who had iPhones and they just expanded mm. yeah. that to Android so it's it's I think it's gonna just grow yeah that's a better description than my description but um yeah it's honestly great and I have never it's only been I think honestly over the past four or five months that um I downloaded the app and I remember at first as you were saying like you can kind of just be a fly on the wall and tap in and listen to people having these conversations about anything it could be literally from fitness to um I don't know career advice absolutely anything you want 
uh, people re you can read together if you want to do that and listen to music. So yeah, um, I love the app. It's really, really cool. And uh, I I've learned a lot and met really, really interesting people. So um, yeah, so we were in a room um, and I think I simply heard you speaking as you were speaking. I think you were either giving an introduction to yourself or you were, we were in a particular room on probably something to do with, um, I think it was either speaking, speaking up in your career or career advice or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I heard your, your story um, and I just wanted to simply find out more and I wanted the listeners to hear about your, your journey um, because it's been quite a big one. And I think that one thing, and I'll let you kind of go into discussing it that I find really fascinating is that you've made what I think is a, is a huge career leap or change. If you could give us a bit of background on, yeah, I guess how you how you started how you started out basically I know you mentioned something as a young girl you had this passion so if you could start there that would be great yeah sure I love sharing my story <laughs> um, so I I guess I'll start when I was little so when I was around eight um, I kind of came into my own and had lots of opinions and I had a lot to say and my mom kind of said you know you should be a lawyer because you have an answer for everything like whenever she would say something my response would always be yes but mum and then I'd have another another thing to say and so she meant she said that a few times and I think I just held on to that and said okay yeah I should be a lawyer um, but I didn't have anyone in my family who were lawyers I didn't have anyone in our like immediate friendship circles that were that, that were lawyers so it was about figuring out okay well what does this actually look like and as I got older I would watch programs like Ali McBeal and Lauren Order <laughs> and be like oh my goodness this looks amazing I want to be a lawyer it looks so glamorous um and I pretty much was on that path um and did what I needed to do so I had to like research and figure out what grades do I need to get what uh, subjects do I need to study where do I want to go to university all of those things mm -hmm. um and I, I, I followed the path. I had my head down. I was really focused. It wasn't easy. Um, but yeah, ultimately I qualified. And I remember when I was coming up to qualification, just thinking, oh, is this it? <laughs> like, is this what it's going to be? Because what I thought it was going to be based on, you know, those initial programs that I watched and those initial, like, you know, viewpoints I had of a career in the law was quite different to what it was in reality and I had the opportunity <laughs> to go on um, a mission trip so there was a group of lawyers from the UK and Australia going on a mission trip to East Africa and it was an amazing opportunity and I decided to go and it was it was life-changing in terms of my perspective so we got the chance to do some really impactful work we went into prisons and we were educating people on their legal rights because there isn't <laughs> access to justice for people who don't have money um and so we were helping people who were just wrongly put in jail they were put in jail because they couldn't pay a bribe um and then they did year two years five years ridiculous amount of time so we were going in with a local organization to help them and educate them and it was just like amazing to me that we got to do such impactful work there was a few other projects that we got involved in while we were there and so when i came back I was like, that was incredible. But I came back to sitting at my desk working on like <laughs> transactions and chasing people for documents. And I was like, what am I actually doing with my life? Like two weeks ago, I was helping someone get their freedom back. And today I'm calling someone to ask them to send me a document. <laughs> yeah. 
there was a disconnect for me. So then, then I, then I kind of was thinking, well, there must be something else I can do. I've worked really hard to get to this stage in my career. I'm pretty much just starting out. I don't want to throw away everything that I've worked hard to build, but equally, I do want to feel like I'm making an impact on people on a personal level. Um, and so I went on a journey of exploration and then I came across coaching. So I went to like a two day seminar about coaching and was like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know there was this whole industry. And I've always pretty much been a coach. I just didn't know that I was because I've always been that person that people would go to for help and support. And that, you know, instead of focusing on the past, I'll be like, okay, well, where, what are we doing? How mm. are we moving forward? What can we do? Um, and so that was it. Like I kind of, it was a can of worms got opened. I did my coaching, my first coaching certification alongside my legal career. I was really doing it on the side. Um, and I've done multiple since then, um, as in certifications. And I, I just absolutely loved it. So I just felt like this is something that I want to do to help people. I'm also continuing to be a lawyer. So I was just juggling the two for since I got my coaching certification in 2014. So I've been doing both up until this year um, and just really enjoying what happens when you support people to see like what, are they, what their blocks are, help them to dream bigger, think bigger and really go towards fulfilling their potential. And for me, the thing that really lights me up is helping people to find work that they love because mm. I think once you're doing work that you love, not only are you enjoying what you're doing, but you're, you're way more impactful productive in what it is that you're doing so not you benefit but so does your organization because you're showing up and you're actually enjoying what you're doing rather than just counting down the hours and the days until the weekend yeah uh, that's 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 what I spend my time doing now like supporting people with figuring out their career transitions how to identify what they want to do and then how to actually make it happen um and even for people who are within their organization and they just want to make sure that they're performing better um mm. I, I, I support with that. Like, how do you really use your strengths and like align what you're doing to your strengths so that you can maximize your performance and really like climb the ranks if that's what you're choosing to do. Wow. I think, yeah. And just on that point, just um, on the kind of productivity point, I think is, is, is interesting you say that. And it's, I think a lot of people actually, um, you know, they don't actually think about, I guess you don't sometimes you just plod on don't you you just kind of get on with things and organizations some organizations you know allow you to to do so and there's not that kind of check-in with their employees on you know how are you feeling you know are you you know are you enjoying what you're doing but also I think actually employees not taking that time to actually check in with themselves and think you know am I actually enjoying what I'm doing and actually, you know, having that conversations with their <clears throat> their mentors or their coaches or their managers and actually thinking, you know, what, yeah, are they, are they being productive? And that sounds quite strange to say, but I know for the people that are listening at the moment, there will be someone listening that thinks, Do you know what, I don't think, oh, I don't think I am productive all of the time. So it's interesting that you, that you say that point. And I think as well, hearing you say that you've, in your introduction there on your on your career and your moves and things like that how you've gone from being a lawyer and doing all of that hard work and dedication from the age of like eight years old basically and like reaching that that goal of yours where what made you and you were saying how you wanted to start and actually help people meaningful and, and things like that but what actually was that point where you made that leap you know you started the coaching but now you've gone to do it full time but what was it that actually made you take that big leap 
Yeah, I think it was, it wasn't like a, a one moment. Um, and this is what I say to people all the time when they're thinking about making moves. It's not always like this light bulb moment of like, oh, okay, I'm going to change. Mm. Uh, but, but it's like a series of things. So I think going on that mission trip was like the catalyst of like, okay, there's a different way that I can, I can do things to make me feel different because mm. before it was very much head like okay I've made, made a decision to be a lawyer so I'm just going to go on that path but I wasn't really paying attention to how I felt when I was doing the work that is required to be a lawyer um, and then after I qualified after a few years I then um, got pregnant and started a family and I think that was the biggest catalyst because I had my son and before I had him my view was I'm going to do what I need to do, follow the path, become partner, I'll have a baby, I'll get a nanny and everything will just continue. That didn't really happen. Like after I had him, what I thought I would feel wasn't how I felt. And I think I had him and I was on maternity leave and I was literally just questioning everything and saying, do I really want to go back to working as a corporate lawyer, doing 16 hour days, working through the night? Do I love it enough? Do I love it enough for the sacrifice? Because the sacrifice mm. is going to be that I don't see him as much. And I and, and and the answer was no, I don't love it enough. So then it was like, okay, so then what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> because for me, it was like, it, I, I looked at my values at that point and there had been a shift. What was now more important to me wasn't my career and making partner. It was, mm. I want to make sure that I spend meaningful time with my son as he, while he's young. And so looking at that as a priority, then I had to look, go from there and say, well, what do I need to do on the work side? to make that happen and then that's when I kind of opened up my 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 view on what was possible and what I could do so instead of looking at okay this is how lawyers do things I was like okay I am a lawyer but how do I want to do things and that's when I came to right I want to work part-time as a lawyer um, and I still want to do my coaching like on the side mm. and so that's kind of what happened I was like I'm just going to have a portfolio career I'm going to do coaching because I enjoy that and then I'm going to work part-time because that allows me to spend the time that I want to spend with my son so I ended up moving into from corporate law into an in-house legal position where I was doing three days a week mm -hmm. um, and then spending a couple of days of the week with him and then coaching clients around that so it was very much around taking a step back from the treadmill that I was on mm -hmm. and reflecting on what do I want my life to look like and then how do I make that a reality? Yeah. And I, I think that bit there, which is actually thinking, like, what do you, what actually kind of visualizing, what do you want, what do you want, basically? Because I know that I'm guilty of this, that you kind of, you know that you want a change and you kind of, I, you know, sometimes I'm getting better, but you get yourself into a headspace of, I want to do something different. I want to do something different. You actually need to take the time to think about, you know, what is it that you actually want and then start doing small baby steps in order to, to actually get there. Yeah, it's so, so important. It's such a big step that lots of people skip over. Yeah. But here's the thing, if you don't know what you want, how will you know when you've got there? That, yeah. How will you know that you've arrived where it's like, okay, I just want to change. It's like, okay, if you, if you haven't identified what you're trying to create, you can make lots of changes and lots of moves, but still feel like, oh, this isn't it. Because mm. you haven't actually like pinpointed what I'm working towards. And I think the way that we are wired from, you know, a young age in terms of how education is and how we go through the ranks is very much you're like, what, 14, 15, when you're making a decision about what you want to do for your future, you make that decision and then you go to university, you study and then you get your first job and then you work and then you get a promotion and then you keep going. <laughs> and it's literally like 
is this actually what you wanted? And like along that way, you might have changed as a person. Life stuff might have happened. You've grown up, you've changed. Mm. Um, and it's okay to just take stock and say, hold on a minute. Like, this is what I have created. Have I been intentional about this? If I haven't, what can I be doing to be intentional? Mm. Um, and then once you have the vision, it's so much easier to like, to, to, to figure out the bridge. Like, what do I need to do to get there? Um, so that's part of why when I work with people, that's like a big chunk of what we do at the beginning. What do you actually want? What are you trying to create? And it, it sounds like an easy question, but it's so hard. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> like, what, what do I actually want? Like you're actually <laughs> permission to say, I want something and I've not taken the time to think about that before. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's funny you say that because in the, um, and there'll be a few people that are listening, um, from, from the company where I work at SAP and the ones that are um, customer facing, dealing with customers. And that is, a, that is a question that we ask our customers. You know, what is it that you are trying to achieve? And nine times out of 10, and it's completely common and, and normal, they don't actually know. And that sounds really silly, but I mean, that's like probably any business and things like that. It's actually taking that time, you know, strategizing for your, yeah, your business strategy or your own strategy. Where is it that you want to go? Um, but yeah that because there's so many synergies with like how we do business and then like your personal journey <laughs> because sometimes you might you know speak to a client and it's like what do you actually want they're coming to you because they think they should like they might have heard from a friend or someone else or this is what the industry is doing it's like oh I need that software or oh, I need that solution and then when you speak to them and you're like what do you actually want yeah the solution might be the right fit but not in the way that you're thinking you need it so exactly. let's figure out a plan so that we can align like our offering to what you actually need rather than like what you're assuming and I think that's the same on our personal journeys like just because everyone else is doing something doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right move for you mm -hmm. um so it's important to reflect on that yeah and I think it's um yeah it that's it's so yeah it's interesting because I can I can see that obviously in my personal life and then also with with my customers on a daily basis um and I think there's something that you were saying as well that it's you were saying you're mentioning kind of at different points in your life and I think you were saying this in your TED talk as well like it's important to actually check in and because we change as people as you were just saying and again I think saying that it sounds obvious and people are probably thinking well of course we change we're, we're all growing we're all evolving and we're changing every day um but it's another thing to actually stop and think that's happening through experiences and just you know you know getting older I guess but actually are you then thinking about your job your career and thinking about how that actually fits in I don't think many people do <laughs> um and it's so like now you've kind of spoken about it and as I say I heard it on your your TED talk it made me think god I don't think I don't think people do do that and it's so important because you could probably I'm just thinking people will probably burn out or just feel <laughs> exhausted yeah. all the time absolutely and, and it's really when you think about it you're operating and doing life based on decisions that you've made years ago yeah <laughs> years ago like I'm going to join this company I'm going to go into this industry um are you still making decisions intentionally because you can or you can just keep going based on decisions you made before and it's okay to switch things up and I think the people that progress the most and the best in their careers, whether you're thinking laterally or whether you're thinking going up the hierarchy are the ones who are really intentional 
and like dialed into what it is they're trying to achieve and why. Um, so people mm. who get promoted, it's like, it doesn't just happen. You don't just get promoted. It's like you intentionally say, okay, I want to get promoted. So what do I need to do today? So that in a year's time or two years time, I get promoted. Like you don't wait until the point at which you want to make the move to start doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> you have to think ahead in order for you to start doing the work like ahead of time. Mm. And so I think that sometimes, you know, I see it when people, particularly with women, I would say like people just feel like, you know, I just need to get my head down and I just need to work hard and then I will get recognized and then I will get promoted. And it's like, ah, that's not the only thing that you need to do. There's other things that you need to be doing. But if you're not really like thinking ahead, what is required, then you're not going to be taking the right steps at the right time. And then mm. potentially end up disgruntled of like, why am I being passed over for promotion? It's like, there's so many other things you were supposed to be doing, not just working hard. Um, and yeah. so I think it's really, really important to be saying, where am I trying to get to here? And then like, let me work backwards from there and start putting a plan together mm. so that like, I can be, I can, I can thank myself and say like, thank you for working hard back then. Cause now I'm here <laughs> where, where, where I want to be. <laughs> yeah no exactly and I think it's again it's such an easy thing to fall into like I've done it absolutely and it's only been I'd say the last half of um 2020 literally the final few months where I actually took action and thought why well, I need to I got myself a coach I was saying to you before um and it was only then that I started to yeah put fit like have some accountability for things and then I almost felt like if I wasn't doing something then all that particular activity, I was then not only letting myself down, I was letting my coach down. <laughs> so that was that, that was the thing that got me to actually start and go, right, you want to do this, Anna, you actually have to do X, Y, and Z. Because I'm a procrastinator, I can admit that, I think, <laughs> um, which is, you know, I think that's quite common. Um, but just uh, thinking of all that as well, there, there's something else um, that you were mentioning um, on your, your TED talk, I think it was. And what I, I found interesting um, is that it's, I think it's seen as, I don't think, well, I think people might feel that when they're working for organizations or working who, for, for whoever, it's, and maybe this might just be coming from myself, but sometimes it's seen like, if you want to take that next career move in whatever direction, and whether it's leaving a team or whether it's actually, you know, moving team or going to a different company or whatever it is I think some people think that they can't have these open conversations um, and discuss their career development and plannings with with their peers with their managers but I think that it's um, I think lately and again this might just be my own experience I think it's becoming more common I think people are now opening up more and actually having a career plan it doesn't have to be you need to be in this one role for, the, for your whole life it's about how to branch out and yeah. I think um, I think it's really really important. And I know that where I work at uh, SAP, recently was it last year? It's all blown into one now. I think it was last year, maybe this year. Um, we had a, a people day, and that day was all about looking at kind of the company strategy and whatnot, and kind of how you um, contribute to that and how you can feel aligned to it. But also the most important part was that they allowed us to have um, time to look upon our own development. And I thought that was so, so important. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's something that people shouldn't be afraid of speaking openly about because you need to be able to plan your future. You can't just be, you know, narrow, narrow minded. And yeah. 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 I think it's really important. And I think if you think of the, 
the way that an organization is structured and what is your actual reason for being there? So they've hired you to fulfill a particular role within a particular team, but ultimately that role in that team is there to fulfill like the company's bigger objectives, whether that is like the one-year plan, the three-year plan, the five-year plan. And so when you recognize that, yes, I'm in this particular role, but what, what is the company trying to achieve overall? Mm. And then it might be that you realize that I've got some skills or I've got an interest or I've got a passion that is actually more aligned within a different team or is actually more aligned somewhere else. If you're a great candidate, if you're a great like asset to the company and you're well aligned to their values, they will want to keep you. They will want you to stay within the organization. So it mm. isn't I think sometimes people feel guilty or there's a sense of like disloyalty of if I'm like, oh, I don't want to work in this team. People are going to feel like, oh, you know, she's not loyal or he's not loyal. But the reality is, if you're a good employee, they're going to want to keep you and put you somewhere else that actually you might function better. Yeah. And as a result, you might help the team, the organization to achieve their goals quicker. Um, and so it isn't always about, you know, I feel bad for moving. It's more about how do how do I optimize like what it is that I have to offer and the value that I have to bring to this organization like how could I better be used mm. because I think a lot of times when I work with clients part of their frustration and part of the reason why they're looking for a move is they feel undervalued or they feel underutilized yeah so they be in their role and to the organization and to their team, it seems as though, you know, oh, they're excellent. You know, they're, ex they're making an extra contribution. We're so happy with their work. But for them personally, they're like, I could be doing so much more. Like mm. so many of my clients are high achieving, right? So then they're saying to me, Janine, like, I feel like my output is like 60% of what I could be doing. But that's partly because I'm not being given the opportunity to like really bring my 100% or I don't feel motivated by this particular role. Yeah. And it's, well, if we put you somewhere else, like if you can do be operating at 60% output and everybody is happy, imagine what would happen if you were operating at a hundred. Mm. And so I think it's just recognizing it isn't just about like, Oh, you know, I should feel grateful for this position and I feel bad for wanting to move. It's more about how could I add like the most value elsewhere and how can we just have conversations about that? Yeah. And that, that's the thing. I think it, it's, it's, and I, I think it's starting to become and as I say, this might just be from my own personal experience, but I think actually being open about this and having conversations, it's, as you say, it, it's, it's going to do no company any good <laughs> to have all their employees feeling this way, maybe perhaps looking at a job in that same company, and they might have skills that next, the team next door to them that they would be able to, you know, help the company achieve even more, you know, uh, better profits and whatnot. So it's so important to, to have these open conversations um, yeah and, and and as soon as you start having these conversations i think we spoke about this offline before but when you start to have these and open up a little bit things start to open up you start to like notice opportunities and you start meeting you know uh, other people and having these conversations so it's um it's better to to speak about it yeah Absolutely. And I, if you think from an organization's point of view, they would much prefer that you come and have a conversation and say, look, I'm not 100% happy in this particular role. What else can we do? Then you just keeping it to yourself and then going to find a job in another organization. Hmm. Like, because that's what people will do. They're unhappy and they're like, okay, this isn't working for me. I'm going to start looking for a job. It's like, hold on. There could be so much opportunity where you are. But if yeah. you don't have 
conversations, there's no opportunity to explore that. Then the company loses someone who was great. And then you don't necessarily know that there was an option for you to stay in a company that you actually liked working for, but in a different capacity. And do you, now you've made this, um, I say this leap, this, this big decision, to me it seems like a big decision, I'm sure it was to you as well, but leaving that legal career, now of course you're still a lawyer, you can obviously go back and do that if you so wanted to, but how do you feel now? So you're doing coaching full time, what does, what does that feel like? Do you feel? It feels, it feels amazing. I feel like, like I said, initially when I was, when I got my coaching certification I started working with people I still wanted to practice as a lawyer and hmm. um, so having a portfolio career was a choice and then over time I was like you know what I think I really like I like the law and I like advising clients and I like looking at contracts sometimes um but I love coaching like I love it I absolutely love it like I could do it all day every day um and so for me it was just that transition of recognizing where where am I actually feeling like I'm adding the most value through the work that I do what do I actually enjoy and just owning it and admitting it that actually it's not the law and it is coaching and that's okay and that whole piece was a big whole you know identity shift and really recognizing that my identity was so tied up with the title of being a lawyer and am I willing to walk away from that so there was a lot of work that needed to be done to kind of mentally prepare myself to make the transition but now that I've done it I'm so happy like it's 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 new it's only been in the last seven eight weeks that I've gone full-time into um my coaching business but what I realized is what I'm doing right now is so well aligned to who I am as a person and like when I think about my skills when I think about my strengths when I think about my natural preferences in terms of how I like to show up I'm not a typical lawyer so like, and I realized that I, I, I was using my strengths to help me to make relationships and build relationships in my legal career. And that's what really helped me to kind of progress in what it was that I was doing. Uh, but now it's like, I get to do what just naturally comes to me every day and make an impact through it. And I was looking at my journal that I'd written in maybe like two years ago, January, 2019. And I was just literally thinking, in an ideal world, like what would my vision be for my life? Like how would I want my day to look? So I wrote down like my ideal work day and I wrote it down in terms of like, I'd start work at 10 o'clock, I'd have a coaching call, I'd be doing some content, I'd be preparing for a, a speaking engagement. So like that was my ideal day. And a few weeks ago, I was reflecting, I was like, I've literally lived my ideal day quite a few days this week. Like that, oh, that, wow. that, that I wrote down in January, 2019 in like, in what were we in in March it was like March April 2021 is now a reality like crazy crazy, crazy. <laughs> and I was like for the whole week I kept sitting at my desk being like how is this my life like how is this my actual life because when I wrote it down in January 2019 it felt so like yeah like in an ideal world I'd love to be able to do that like dreaming big and all of that and now it's what I do and so I feel like it's so, so important to do that, to dream big and not restrict yourself and be like, well, that's not a reality, but actually write down, what is it? What is it that you'd like to create? Because your, your subconscious mind has an amazing way of like finding ways to make that happen. Um, and so now like I have no regrets. I'm so, so happy in what it is that I'm doing. The clients I get to work with are incredible. The companies that I get to support, 
um, yeah, I just feel like I'm living my best life, even though we're in the midst of a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that's, that's so cool. And I I love that. That must feel, well, I can tell from just, well, seeing you and, and hearing in your voice that that must feel so amazing it's like your dreams have just come become a reality so it's really great like I just yeah just love it and I feel like I say to my clients so while I was going through the transition I, was, I, I have a group coaching program so I was um I work with various different groups at different times and I was saying to them look I'm going through the transition at the same time so when I'm telling you to do the hard things and I'm telling you to step outside your comfort zone I'm feeling it I understand it like I'm fully there with you but here's what you get at the other side like when you go through the discomfort of like having those hard conversations or like putting yourself out there or networking and feeling uncomfortable like that is what is required for you to be able to step into doing work that you absolutely love Mm -hmm. um and in the grand scheme of things, like that uncomfortable period is a lot shorter than what you can get to enjoy on the other side. Yeah, no, that that's true. And and as well, and I can't believe I forgot this, it just pops into my head, but there was something that you, you'd said on the last time we spoke, and I think I heard it on your on your TED talk as well, that I think it was, I'm gonna have to look at my notes, so I'm gonna get it wrong. 90,000 hours is what one spends at work. And I think that's an average. And when you said that, I thought, oh my goodness. Now, if that doesn't make people think, oh my goodness, I, I need, I can't just, and, and actually what I should say, going back a step, somebody listening to this might be doing exactly what you've done and they might be very happy in their role and they might be very good at visualizing where they want to be and thinking how they're going to get there. But I think for the majority, I mean, hearing that you spend that long at work, if yeah. that doesn't make you think, right, I'm going to sit down and have a little bit of a think <laughs> about where I want to actually spend that 90,000 hours. But yeah, when you said that, that blew my mind, actually. That's that, because I, I was doing research when I was preparing for my TEDx talk. And yeah, there was, I was like 90,000, the average person spends 90,000 hours at work in their lifetime. And I was like, you what? 90,000 <laughs> hours? Like, when you just break it down, I'm like, okay, hold on. So 90,000 hours and there have been there's been research that's been done um that indicates that like 85% of people are not happy in their roles so if 85% of people are spending 90,000 hours unhappy what are we actually doing like why are we doing this to ourselves oh my god that's kind of where my passion comes from of like come on guys we've got to do better than this we can't just be upset and just accept that it's okay to be upset because you can do something about it you can figure out what the right role is for you you can make a move and it's not just about you know from a selfish point of view which some people think of like oh you know I'm, I feel entitled to be able to say oh I, I have to do work that I love but it's it's also about when you are doing work that you love like you get to make a bigger impact and the work yeah. that you do is much more meaningful not only for you but also for your organization also for the clients that you serve also for the wider community and the world at large so put the right people in the right place and we get to make a bigger impact rather than just like lots of people just complaining and being miserable every day which is just ridiculous like, <laughs> yeah. your whole life like ninety thousand hours <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's crazy it's crazy and again one thing that i also uh, i guess wanted to raise as well is that it doesn't have to be so I think your example is amazing and I think going you know having that dream since you were eight years old um, and pursuing it and having some challenges along the way and actually then going you know I've done that and then checking in on yourself and then going to something completely different which actually was probably within you the whole time um, I think it's 
important to say that you, um, it doesn't have to be that drastic. It doesn't have to be, you know, you're going to go from one career to the other. It can actually be in your job today. You know, if I, I, I'm making this up, use an example, I might endure a certain element of my job on, on the description, say, whatever that is. And I might actually go, do you know what? That's where I feel most fulfillment. That's where, I, that's where I feel happy. That's what I enjoy doing. And then you can, I don't know, have a conversation with your manager and then start to actually do more of that. So I think it's important to say that as well. But I think, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be, because there's probably a few people listening thinking, I can't make this massive change today. I don't have the time to do it. It doesn't have to be a change. It doesn't have to be huge. So it can be a small tweak and it can be a small pivot or it can be a huge leap. Um, and, you know, I've worked with clients who have been in one particular like function within their organization and then they moved into a completely different area, but within their organization and were like, yeah, this is so much more aligned um, or people who have stayed within their industry and they're like, OK, I'm working in this particular company. It doesn't feel 100 percent right. So then they shift doing the same role in a different company. So I think it just comes down to that piece of identifying what is your actual issue? Like, why are you not enjoying what it is that you're doing? Is it the actual day-to-day? -day? Is it the team? Is it the work? Is it like, identify what the problem is. And then from there, you can diagnose how big of a, a shift do I need to make? Um, but spending the time there to like figure that out first is important. And then I would always say, try the path of least resistance first. So if you can just make a small tweak within your actual role, do that. And if that's not going to work, then maybe you need to look bigger. Um, there is a concept called job crafting where you look at your actual role and then you look at how you're doing it and how it's been, how, you know, how it's been defined as like, this is what you do in this role and this is how you get it done. And you take a step back and you say, well, what are the end results? What are the things that I'm trying to achieve with my day to day? And is this the best way for me to be doing it? Because sometimes it could be the way in which you're trying to deliver it isn't aligned with how you like to work, but you might be able to get to the same outcome, but do it in a different way that is more aligned to how you like to work. And so it's, it's a win-win. Hmm. Like you can, you can get to the same result in lots of different ways. So just being mindful of that and saying, instead of me just doing it the way that the previous person in this role did it, like, is that how I have to do it? Could I do it a different way? And in doing it the different way, would I feel happier in my role? Yeah. That's that's interesting as well. And I haven't thought about that either. And it's it's yeah, it's everyone is individual and unique. We're not you know, we can't all be in these jobs. Um, I'm now visualizing me sat at work and everyone just kind of working <laughs> in this like robotic way. And that doesn't happen. I think, you know, that's. A, but yeah, I think um, that's an interesting way to look at it, actually. Um, yeah, no, that's really good. And um, I guess to wrap up, I had some questions that I was going to ask you. You've actually started to give it, give a few answers anyway, but this is good. This is good. So I guess like the, what would you, if you could go back in time, what piece of advice would you give your younger self? I know that there was a point in your, you had um, in your career, I think when you're at school, you were told, you know, you cannot, don't be silly. You can't, you can't be a lawyer and whatnot. But if you were to look back at that time, um, yeah, what would be the piece of advice that you'd give your, your younger self today? Um, I would say just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not possible. And I, I like think that. it's important, particularly if you are coming from a background that that isn't typical for the role that you want to go into. So if I use the example, my careers advisor said, 
you know, you're from a working class background, you're an ethnic minority, like trying to get into law is going to be too hard for you. So don't bother. Mm. And I'm like, uh, no, I will try like, just because I'm not going to, I wouldn't accept that, that, that I couldn't do it. Um, and I think if I had looked around and I had said, well, I can't see anyone who looks like me doing what it is that I want to do. So it's not possible. Then I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have qualified and I wouldn't have had the journey that I've had. And I think it's important to just say, I could be the first. So my advice would be, you could be the first just because it's not been done yet. Doesn't mean it's, it's not possible. So why couldn't you be the first? Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. And then I guess the next one would be, what would your, yeah, one piece of advice to the listeners today. So say, um, I mean, we're going to have listeners in all different kind of positions at the moment, but if they're thinking they've listened to this podcast, hopefully, and they're thinking, oh, I need to actually, you know, start and actually look at myself. What, what can they do from that now or tomorrow to start and kind of do that check-in on themselves? Yeah, I think just, take some time to reflect on where you're at right now. Um, One of the exercises I love to do with my clients is something called the wheel of life. Um, And it's basically looking at different, the different categories of your life. So it would be your career, your family life. It would be like fun, recreation, like different categories, um, fitness, health, and giving yourself a score from one to 10, 10 being great, one being not great. Where are you on that scale in those different areas of your life? And how do you feel about that? And then what are you going to do from there? So it could be that you recognize, you know what, like I have not done any exercise and I feel bad for it, or I don't have fun anymore. Or like my, my, I'll give myself a three in my career. Like I'm not happy. So it's basically like taking stock and doing an audit holistically, not just about your career, but your life in general, and then deciding which areas of this am I going to tackle? And how am I going to like really think about what it is I would like it to move to so if it's a three how would I get it up to a six what would what would a six look like what would a 10 look like um and then starting from there because I think sometimes if we're feeling dissatisfied and we're feeling like oh like life is a drag we can just pin it on our careers and be like if only I was in a better role I'd be so much happier (laughs) actually it's not just that all the time there's there's other factors so recognizing that you don't just work in a vacuum like I talk about work-life integration like everything impacts each other yeah. so think about your life holistically like what's going on for you how are you feeling and then how could you potentially be doing some things to make it change mm. no I like that answer that's really good and just yeah on, on that point as well I think the how everything kind of affects one another things that are going on at home there could be something you're walking down the road on the way to work or things that are going on in your subconscious mind that you're not even aware of so I think it's um that's really important and I think you yeah it's again I know that there'll be listeners listening thinking they've looked at you know a different role or you know doing something different from their job thinking that that's actually going to bring them happiness straight away that doesn't happen I've definitely thought that so um, I think everyone has but that's really important to remember um so it's taking that time really but I think that exercise sounds sounds really good so thank you yeah yeah definitely taking the time to take stock is 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 really important and it's not I think the the phrase that I I love that I've adopted I say to people all the time is um slow down to speed up slow down to speed up because we're we're so busy we're so busy we're on the go all the time and like you know we're running and we're trying to do all these things and I think the pandemic has shown us that we can slow down Mm. but sometimes we always feel like we need to be doing something but actually if you slow down and take some time to think the doing part can be quicker later 
So rather than like scatter guns, spaghetti at the wall, trying all these different things, when you take the time to think and decide, okay, what am I actually trying to achieve here? Then it's going to be so much quicker later. So slow down first and then implementing strategies and putting your plan in place can be easier because you've taken the time to think about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, the the whole busyness piece there, there seems to be something within society and maybe it's, well, it's probably a social media and just it's almost if you're busy, if you're like, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm doing this and doing that, then that means success. It, it, it doesn't. It, I mean, you know, yes, you need to put work in, of course. I'm not saying don't do anything, but it's actually really important to take that moment and, as you say, like t- take a step back, have a look and actually have a plan in place. Because if you're just constantly you know busy and it's not actually being productive again I've definitely done that in the past you you just kind of go around in circles basically yeah absolutely you've got a plan (laughs) what is it if you if you oh I'm gonna say it wrong (laughs) if you fail to plan you plan to fail that's it (laughs) if you fail to plan you plan Oh gosh. Well, listen, thank you so much for today um, and taking the time to chat. It's been really, really insightful. And um, yeah, I think your, I think your journey is, it's inspirational. It's really, really cool. And um, yeah, I I think for those, I'm going to put the, um, the TED talk link in the show notes, please, please, please. The listeners go and give it a watch. Um, It's, it's really inspirational and really a really cool story. So thank you thank you so much for having me it's been awesome and i'm i'm pumped about this podcast and where you're gonna take it um i think these types of conversations are like so needed so well done for getting it going so i could have spoken to janine for a lot longer than i did i was really conscious about running over time and but basically i couldn't stop asking her questions um and I I found speaking with her really like cathartic and just enjoyable so there we go so there's just a few things I wanted to re-highlight to you all I hadn't thought about it in this way before but when Janine was saying that I know we we all change as individuals we all grow change and and I know that but when she was saying because we change, because our values change, we then need to check in on ourselves every few years and actually say, am I doing what I, is this job for me? It's okay if it's not anymore. It's okay if it's not something that you want to do anymore. There might be something else that you can put your energy and passions in that is a job that does suit you. But I've never thought about it in that way before. And I know there might be some people listening being like, I don't have the time to sit down and think about that. I just need to pay my bills and things like that. I totally get that. And that's one thing we touched upon in the in the podcast, which is the change doesn't have to be as big and dramatic as changing your career. It doesn't need to be like Janine's, whereby you go from one career to the other and take that risk of starting a business. It doesn't have to be that. If you want to do that, that's great. But it could just be something as small as making a really small tweak in your current role or same company you've now realized that your skills are best aligned in I don't know let's just say the marketing team for example or the communications team you're still helping that company perform in terms of their profits probably better than you were in the team you were in before because perhaps your motivation was down so I thought that was um 
quite interesting and it's something to think about. I also really loved that Janine said that she wrote down on a notepad her, what her dream day would look like. And I think it was a year later, she said that she looked back at her notes and she was actually living her dream. So basically her dreams came true. <laughs> and I just thought that was so, it was so cool and so nice. And you can really tell when speaking with her that she's doing what she really loves to do. And I thought it was really interesting that it's always been there. So if you remember at the start, she was saying that she was the one out of her friends. I think she was saying that was the, the, the advisor people would go to for advice. And she was always thinking about, okay, right now, what do we do to get out of this? And what's the next step? So really she's always had it in her to, to be a coach. It's just taken a while to to get to that point there's nothing wrong with that but that's because she took the time to actually think about what she wants to do and where her skills are best aligned so there we go anyway I'm going to stop speaking because I've got loads of notes but you can have a re-listen and um yeah if you really want to so thank you again for listening and I hope you will tune in for episode number three